Ghost Tales with Charlie May, connecting you to a world with the otherworldly. Discover the fables firsthand as you carefully listen to the events centered around the investigations into the paranormal world. Join in on the incredulous and inconceivable narratives of entities, ghosts, and aberrations. Get drawn into the authentic parables and power held by the spirits of the metaphysical realm. Welcome to Ghost Tales. Welcome to Ghost Tales. I'm your host, Charlie May. You guys are going to love my guest today. I am here with Richard Ballard from Whispers Estates. Welcome, Richard. Hey, thanks a lot, Charlie. So, I've, we've been investigating for years now together, but it was when I first met you at Whispers Estate that we become really good friends. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the night pretty vividly that you and your uh, uh, people came, and uh, we had a great uh, tour together, and I think you and I made some type of a connection together at that moment, and uh, we uh, were able to uh, exchange uh, information where we could stay in touch, and next thing you know, we're... Uh, go on um, out of state to investigate some of the most popular uh, attractions in the entire country. Tell the audience about Whispers Estate because that place is my favorite place out of everywhere I've been, and I've been around the world. So please, fill us in. Well, that's a very nice thing for you to say about the house. Um, yeah, I, I Whispers Estate has a, pr- a pretty special place in my heart long before I bought the home a couple years ago. Um, just a short history on the house. It was built in 1894 uh, by a gentleman by the name of um, George um, White. For some reason, he and his wife never really moved into the house. It was built, and then it was uh, sold in 1898 or 1899, depending on what local records you uh, you know look for. And it was bought by uh, Dr. John Gibbons and his wife, Jessie. And uh, Dr. John uh, basically turned the east rooms on the uh, first floor of the house, the three east rooms, into basically uh, his medical offices where he uh, you know, conducted his medical practice for the next 37 years. Uh, the family endured, as many families would in this time, some tragedies, um, death of children. Uh, the most notable would have been um, the little girl, Rachel, who... Uh, tragically enough, um, somehow bumped up against the Christmas tree on uh, Christmas Eve in 1912, sustained second third-degree burns all over her body. She would die on December 26th in the house. And um, after that, of course, they, they lost a, a little infant girl, Sarah Elizabeth, and then eventually his wife, Jessie herself, died in the house. So, um, you know, just the family itself endured some tragedies that, you know, um, I think families particularly in that time period when uh, infant mortality was so high um, that, you know, probably uh, brought a overall negativity negativity to the house from the beginning. And what about Gary? Well, uh, the last couple of recorded deaths that we, we basically could confirm in the house, remember the doctor uh, was doing surgeries in that home uh, for um, – you know, I believe 37 years, and and the previous owner was able to get with some local historians, and they pretty much documented that 23 people did die uh, on his operating table over that 37-year period. Now, with that said, um, 
this was long before there was things like penicillin and, and modern surgical techniques. So for him to only lose that many patients, the man was probably a pretty darn good doctor. Um, so there's been numerous deaths in the house, uh, regardless of people living there or, you know, just unfortunately patients. Uh, Gary was, um, a young boy, a 12 year old boy who lived there in the, um, early 1980s. And, uh, Gary, uh, from what we can ascertain, uh, with local records and talking to people that can remember Gary, it appears he fell down the front flight of stairs on a Saturday morning and uh, unfortunately broke his neck and the you know the parents got up that morning and found the little boy uh at the bottom of the foot, uh, stairway uh and he, of course he'd passed on and then his father Virgil just a few days later would be moving out of the house and would collapse and die of a heart attack there in the servants quarters uh closet area so that's the last documented death we have in the house and my favorite who I call Hector <laughs> in the bathtub right he's <laughs> that's my Spirit boyfriend. What? Well, I, <laughs> I think the doctor, it's weird, your but... last visit, the doctor seemed to like you a whole bunch too. Yeah, the doctor did uh, love me, but the wife, of course, was not happy about that. Uh, I was being followed through the house. But um, tell us about Hector, who I call Hector, but you don't call him Hector. Right. Uh, we actually got to the bottom of that for years. Uh, I'd just been told his name was uh, probably Mr. Henderson. And uh, I did get a local historian uh, who did about a four-day um, investi- you know, uh, investigation of the house uh, down at the county courthouse, and I think even in Indianapolis with some public records. And uh, the gentleman turned out to be someone who bought the house along with his wife in 1947. And in 19, I believe it was 51 or 52, uh, we had told people for years because we had heard from locals and other people that he had, cl- you know, slipped and fell, and uh, probably broke his neck or cracked his skull in the bathtub and died. But we found out indeed um, that he died in the bathtub of um, cardiovascular issues. He probably had a heart attack there in the bathtub. So his actual name was Mr. Hopper. Uh, we, you know, still usually referred to him as Mr. H for most people. It's easier to remember. Hopper. And I'm not sure. Hector, and I, whatever. Yeah, and I'm not really sure how you come up with Hector, but that's, that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I came to Whispers, the most active room in that house was that bathroom in that bathtub. I actually laid down in the bathtub and talked to Hector, Mr. Hopper, for an hour. Yeah, lots of people have, uh, you know, throughout the house have different rooms that seem to, uh, you know, display more activity. Uh, There are a lot of people that, you know, experience, I think what you're alluding to in the bathroom, uh, a strange feeling. We've had several empaths come in the house, and the minute they walk up there on the second floor, they, you know, report that they smell a real horrible smell like rotting flesh or something like that because it was also reported that uh, when Mr. Hopper passed on the bathtub his wife was out of town for the weekend and she didn't discover his body till that Monday so it's believed he probably lied in that bathtub that water for two and a half maybe three days yeah (laughs) that says it all that says it all right there um where is whispers estate uh it's down in mitchell indiana which is just about uh 30 minutes uh, due south of Bloomington, Indiana, right off of Highway 37 there. It's a pretty easy uh, uh, location to access. Uh, if you just go to 37, once you get to Mitchell, 
Uh, you turn right on the main street. Mitchell's a, a beautiful little town. It's oh, just not very big. So cute. Yeah, it's like going back in time, you know, kind of like Mayberry and watching Andy Griffith's show with Barney. But um, when you turn left on the main street, the house is about a mile and a half down, uh, right on West Warren Street. Pretty easy to find. Almost all the local people know about the house and its legacy. So, And you let people stay. They can rent the house out for the night, but they cannot, but they can go, they have to leave by four. Yeah, I don't, uh, I didn't get a bed and breakfast licensing. Um, and you know, in a little town like that, probably not as easy to grab a hold of one of those as someone might think. So I didn't want to spend a, a inordinate amount of time, you know, trying to get that licensing and basically just operate the house much like the, um, Van Rainier, the gentleman I bought the house off of back in 2020, where people can, you know, get the house from eight o'clock at night uh, till four o'clock in the morning. So it is a, an eight hour investigation. And But there's hotels right there. Yeah. And it's so easy. Yeah. And the, over there, about seven miles away is the Super 8. And they even give uh, Whispers Estate visitors uh, discounts if you just mentioned you were the Whispers Estate. So I think for like 55, 60 bucks, you can get a. A stay in a really nice motel room. The Super 8 is pretty much a brand-new motel. It's only been there a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to know, and you and I have been everywhere. At Whispers Estate, what was the, what scared you the one incident where you were scared the most? Well, um, I'm not as brave as you, so there's, you know, I'm pretty easy to scare. Yeah, I, I got off the bench before you did last <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, that was, that's got to be one of those. If it's not the scariest, it's got to be a top two or three when we were set on the church pew there. And uh, we clearly heard some type of nasty scratching on the back of it, you know, behind the room is uh, the bench is a, a little room that we believe probably was the bedroom area for the servants in the house. And the floor there, I've yet to have a chance to repair the flooring, so we don't let anyone walk back there. Um, there's been water damage. And uh, when we heard that scratching and then that movement. Um, this is what it sounded like. Yeah, uh, and I was completely unprepared for it, even though I've had other uh, things occur when I was sitting on the church pew, or had other people sitting there in my presence, but boy, when you're on it yourself and it's right there behind you, it was, um, I think I, did you jump up first or I jumped off first? I thought it was going to, something was going to come around and choke me. Put yeah. Something around yeah. my neck. Yeah. It's, it, that's gotta be, if that's not the, the most unnerving thing I've had happen in there, I, I guess probably the thing that made me leave the house one night as I was waiting on a group, they were driving over from St. Louis and they had called me and said that they'd hit a deer on the way over, and they were about two hours late. So I'm sitting there in the uh, the dining room area in the first floor, and um, I did hear some pretty heavy footsteps, and they kind of stopped at the top of the stairs there, and I just kind of sat there real still listening. And then I did hear uh, a man's voice. It was very agitated. It was almost like he was in some type of verbal disagreement with someone else, um, and it, and then the footsteps started really getting loud as, as they were coming down the steps. So I just decided to maybe go outside and sit on the porch. And it was a little chilly that night. This was last, this has been almost 10 months ago. So I basically went to my car and started it up and just waited for that group to get there. I just kind of lost my nerve to be in the house by myself. I think, too, is the table moving. Didn't you, you guys have had where the table has completely come off? the floor. Yeah. Right? I, I, and, and I've tried, you know, I, I try, you and I are both 
we're pretty strong skeptics. We, you know, we do our best to debunk everything. And, uh, when you see something like that occur and no one's near it, um, that's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to come to terms with that. And, you know, uh, explain it with any type of rational um, explanation. So certainly that was something that, you know, when that happened, that kind of gripped me. Fortunately, there were seven or eight other people there. So uh, two or three of them screamed. I, I might have screamed myself, but I, I didn't take off running at yeah. least. So I, I like when the doors open. We were in the closet. We weren't near the closet. You couldn't have opened it. No. And um, we were doing the Gansfeld. I think, weren't we? We were doing the Gansfield. I think you had the, the earphones on, and I was the one asking the questions, yes. And the door opened. Yeah, uh, the servant's quarters door. We call it Virgil's closet because a lot of people go in there, and there's whispering, and sometimes people report that something's grabbed their hair. We have had numerous people scratched in there. Um, and I, like I said, I, I thought maybe you had, you know, you've got those long legs. I figured maybe you just reached out and accidentally kicked it, but... Even if you kick the door, you got to kick it pretty hard to open it. And um, we're just sitting there, and the next thing you know, well, we both noticed at pretty much the same yeah. time that door had opened. And I have seen that before with other people in there. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was with a group of, uh, several years before I bought the house, and we were table tipping over on the other corner in the threshold of the, the hallway. And um, the door just burst open, and no one was even in the closet. It just came open uh, pretty aggressively to the point where three or four of them jumped up. Uh, a couple of people said, that's enough, I'm leaving. And uh, so that that part of the house, a lot of people certainly experience things in there that are, that are pretty hard to explain away real easily. What the fuck was that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess another question of mine, and I, I really try to fuck with the spirits just to see if I can get intelligent communication. You know, it's it's always a way of debunking. So we were doing, I think we had the spirit box, your SS3. Yes, yes. And I said, I always just throw out something to see what they're going to say back. And I, I said, how's the weather? Oh, I remember that, yeah. What'd they say back? Uh, you said, how's the weather? And what was the exact response? That I actually, I think I was recording when we were doing that. I, I, I know what he said. Okay, tell me, refresh it. I remember the incident. I can't remember the exact response we got. I said, how's the weather? Because I just love messing. Uh-huh. And he goes, weather. Yeah, that's right. He, he, he report, it repeated the word weather. Which was <laughs> that was really cool that that caused, you know you and I being in the house by ourselves that's always you know it was only two of you in there doing that it um, you were able certainly um, pretty early to get the house stirred up especially when we started in the doctor's examination room and you were kind of uh, you know directly trying to communicate and it seemed like from about that moment on almost everywhere we went we had some activity I think the basement might have been kind Nothing. of quiet yeah we didn't have anything uh, down there which some groups it's just the opposite but uh, I know definitely on that first floor uh, and then uh, everywhere on the second floor it seemed we had quite a bit of activity I don't think people can comprehend unless you experience it how frightful some of it can be can you tell me about Big Black? Yeah, uh, Big Black is, uh, I tell you, probably hundreds of people have claimed to be there in, uh, you know, the first room off to the right there on the east room. That would have been the doctor's waiting room uh, where patients would have came in through that east door. 
and waited to see the doctor. And literally hundreds of people have claimed to see this big um, black shadowy mass that uh, resides over in one corner and it will move across the room, open and close doors. I personally have never seen it. And I've been in the house over 400 times. And uh, yet I can't tell you the people that claim to have seen it. And, um, you know, we've had several psychics in there. Joy Lee, who's been on pretty much every probably ghost hunter show there is. And she's renowned nationally who never even heard of the whispers estate. And when she came in the house, uh, she immediately sensed the presence of something in there. And she said, she called it an elemental. Uh, she said, it's not a spirit. It's not demonic. It's nothing. Like it's, she says what I call it, elemental. And I had never heard that term before, but I guess an elemental is some type of earth, um, oh. or earth entity or something, uh, like a very native American based or something like that. Didn't so our friend take a picture of big black from yeah, the... Lisa Potts is a, a good friend of mine. And, uh, I think you've met her having yeah. just a, just a wonderful, uh, uh, young lady and her and her group have, I think probably the best, uh, name for any, uh, paranormal group I've ever heard of. It's, uh, WT. W F T. And if you break that acronym, it's what the blank was that. And, um, she was actually out front taking pictures. On what the, the fuck moon. was that? That's it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she was taking pictures of the house on a full moon, uh, about 11 o'clock at night and, uh, texted me. I was at home and, uh, said, you would not believe what I got pictures of. And she started texting to me. And indeed you can see what looks like probably a seven or eight foot black shadowy mass just standing right out on the front porch. And, uh, she's convinced that, you know, it's big black. And she personally, I think much like you with, uh, Hector, yes, uh, I she, Hector. I think she feels like she's made some type of connection, whatever is going on in that house with big black. And I've yet to see it. I, I I'm not discrediting people, too many people who've never heard of the story or the, of the folklore of it, uh, claim to see it. People come in the house very dry, not knowing anything and, uh, see it and, you know, how could so many people have the same experience? I mean, it's just, uh, it's another, you know, the more I do this, and I know you and I have talked about this, the more I do it, I think the less I know. I uh, used to think I could explain away about 90% of everything that happens with some type of scientific inquiry, uh, collecting empirical evidence, wh whatever you want to say. And and now I'm just, um, I, you know, people say, well, what, what was that? And I said, I just don't know. You can't explain I, it. I, I don't. And I guess that's what drives us. You and I both um, kind of have similar ideologies about this. We we want to see something that um, neither of us seen yet. We, yeah. We've experienced so much, but we still want to see that one thing where, okay, um, there is no way anyone can debunk that. That yeah. is That is real. I've been scratched. You have not. Never been scratched. Never been touched. I have had um, in various places. Well, when you and I were at the Sally House over there in Atchison, Kansas, that was easily one of the most amazing places I've ever been. And the minute we walked in, I think all three of us, you, I, and your sister Angie, we we felt weird. I just yeah. and uh, I know when we were in that corner, um, coming out of that corner in that front room, uh, I clearly heard some type of whispering in my ear, and then I think just seconds later. Uh, we all heard uh, what sounded like a growl come from yes. that corner. And that place, that was probably the closest I've ever been to an individual interaction like that. And I know when you and I were, um, were we at the Monroe House? No, we were at um, the Bel Air, Air House yeah. over in Bel Air, Ohio. That's where you got scratched, right? Yes, coming down the steps. That it was, was The spirit, and I'm not kidding you, was reading my mind. 
And it let me know it was reading my mind. Yeah, we had an intense night there. That was... That's episode two. Yeah. Okay, okay. I do want you to tell people about the portals in your house. Well, uh, many people who are involved in the uh, paranormal field um, theorize that there are such things as portals, um, houses that tend to be built uh, on uh, limestone foundations like Whispers Estate is, uh, being over by Bedford, which is famous for its Bedford limestone. And then, of course, houses or any type of uh, facility or structure that has ley lines underneath it, uh, which are geographical formations. And uh, it's, you know, it's believed by many people that Whispers uh, has ley lines underneath it. And those uh, create these things in, in this field that people believe are called portals where spirits can freely enter and exit, um, you know, pretty much at their own will or people can call them forth. And, um, you know, I've had lots of psychics, lots of people that are convinced that when you're at Whispers Estate, you know, we might have our resident, you know, spirits in the house, the three or four that people seem to have the most interactions with. But on any given night, you might be messing with something that's never been in that house before, and it might not be very friendly or familiar with you or what's going on in that house. So that does add an element of, um, you know, intenseness to it as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I just want the listeners to know that you're a psychologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you'd have told me uh, 10 years ago, even maybe, well, I think I started doing this nine years ago, but if you'd have told me 10 or 11 years ago that I would own a, a haunted house and uh, be spending thousands of dollars traveling all over the country looking for ghosts, I would have probably had a, a good laugh at your expense. And You were not a believer. I, you know, my all my education has done for me is uh, turn me away from spiritualism completely, where, you know, I was certainly, if I wasn't a full-blown atheist, I was certainly a, an agnostic questioning the existence of any kind of higher power. But um, it's moved me back more of a spiritual person. You know, I'm, you know, back into the Catholic fold of things and, uh, even though I probably don't practice um, the way I should, uh, the way a good religious person should, I, st- I, I believe once again and and convinced that there is stuff out there and um, there is good and we know there is evil. And what, uh, what got you into ghost hunting? Uh, my son had just turned eighteen and he's twenty seven now, and uh, for his birthday. He had online, uh, I think he's on YouTube, he'd seen a video of Waverly Sanitarium in Louisville. And he said, Dad, I'd love to go there for my 18th birthday. So he and I, and um, he and I and my nephew and um, another one of my nephews, so it was four of us, uh, we drove down there one night for basically a public, um, I believe it was a three-hour um, public tour of the, the facility. And, uh, you know, we actually, in our small group, there are like eight of us, we actually, there were some things that happened that I just, you know, coming from a scientific background, I just said, okay, uh, how did that happen? What's going on with that? And it just kind of tweaked my interest. And the next thing you know, um, you know, I'm going to two or three other places. I went to the Randolph County Infirmary over in Randolph County, Indiana, um, went to the Benton Farm in Benton, Kentucky, and then I had a student, of all things, tell me about the Whispers Estate. I'd never heard of it, so I uh, jumped with some friends of mine and uh, went down there, and, um, you know, the first two times I visited the house, it was as, as quiet as you could imagine, really nothing out of the ordinary to the point where, 
you know, um, a couple of my buddies and um, friends uh, wanted to go a third time, and I, I, I told them all um, point blank that, uh, okay, third time's a charm. If I don't see anything that I've got to raise my eyebrows to or think this is, this is you know, probably a paranormal event, uh, a third time, three strikes you're out, I'll never go back to the Whispers Estate. And as luck would have it, um, the house was just so active that night. We had... Three females and four males, and two of the three females got scratched repeatedly. One of them got scratched, I think we counted, nine times. And uh, this was a girl that, you know, I know there was just no way she was scratching herself. We, uh, we were Something the, just touched me. Yeah. We were in the front room there, and uh, she said, uh, my back is burning. And she pulled her shirt up, and there was nothing there. And then as we was looking at it right in front of her eyes within about 20 seconds... We started to three see three scratches just right down the middle of her back, which would be very difficult for anyone to scratch himself in that manner. So um, we had a, uh, a ball um, fly down the stairs uh, from the attic when we were there that night. No one was up in the attic, and it's like someone kicked one of these little kids' balls that just rolled down the stairs. Uh, we got numerous um, EVP recordings, and it was it was such a night that, I was hooked after that, so I, you know, began the process of going back and back. And as a teacher, uh, started getting the idea maybe I should take my students there because I do to teach a two-week unit uh, on parapsychology, and uh, started arranging field trips for the students. The owner at the time, Van Renier, was very gracious and let me bring students there and um, let them come there and do about a five-hour visit of the house. And when I brought the young people to the house, the house seemed to really respond to their youth their energy their enthusiasm we had some amazing things happen with kids there and uh, so yeah I mean I just kept going back kept going back and then when the house came up for sale I realized if I didn't buy it that someone else might and maybe it wouldn't be open to the public or worse uh, there were rumors that there were people locally who wanted to buy it tear it down so I 148 year old house I couldn't stand the thought of that no and let me tell you if if a haunted house comes available to near where I live, I'm going to buy one. <laughs> yeah, I know that's one of your things. You want own your own haunted house. I do, you? <laughs> but great. I can't drive hours like you do to to take care of it. Yeah, it's it's about a ninety minute drive, mainly because of construction. Now, once they get the construction taken care of, I can probably get down there in about seventy five, eighty minutes, which. You know, I'm prepared to do that, um, you know, a couple, two, three days a week if I have to. I, I'm very blessed that I've got Sandra down there, who's the house manager, who's always there and willing to uh, open the house up, uh, help clean the house, maintain it. Sandra's just fearless. She'll sleep in the house by herself, which I have yet uh, been able to work up the nerve to spend the night in that house by myself. I've never done You and it. I slept once together. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't let go of your hand. <laughs> I think you was holding on to my sleeve is what it was. I, I, and, I could, I, there's no way. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny because, um, you know, being an old man like me, you know, I had to get up and use the bathroom a couple times. And I came with you. Both times <laughs> you, you walked and sat on the bed while I closed the bathroom door and went and urinated. <laughs> I, so I'm not going to be left alone in that house. No, it's, it, um, I, you know, like I said, I, uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah. 
I, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, it's interesting. I had to do a tour last night for a group. Uh, they came from Peking, Indiana, southern Indiana, and there were seven of them. And um, Gary's closet door opened twice during the tour. Really? And then one of the beach balls in Rachel's room just flew off the bed like someone had just punched it as hard as they could. And uh, one of their um, people, uh, female, was pretty much ready to clock out. She uh, didn't finish. And the tour hadn't even stopped. Yeah, yeah. We was just about <laughs> halfway through it. And she literally went out and sat in the car. And I don't know oh if they gosh. ever got her to come back in the house. It was just too much for her. And, you know, I'm I'm not trying to suggest if you come to the house, if you decide to visit us, that you're going to have one of those nights. Because you and I both know we've done this enough to know that some, you know, half the time, maybe even more than half the time when you go do these investigations, you get nothing. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not like a TV show where you might get something every time. Somehow or another, those people always get to seem to get results, but uh, from more of a real realist perspective, uh, even at the Whispers Estate, I can't guarantee you're going to experience paranormal activity. And um, what's your website? What's your website? Um, you can visit us online at www.whispersestate.com. Pretty generic there, whispersestate.com. And we have um, a really nice website that a good buddy of mine, uh, Brad Martin, put together for us. And, uh, you know, we got all kinds Love of... Brad. Yeah, Brad's great. Uh, engineer, um, just can do about anything. Uh, and uh, we've got... Um, evidence on there that people shared with us we've got uh disembodied recordings that people shared with us and of course booking information uh if you want to uh come see us just click on reservations at the top of the page it will take you to the calendar uh, my podcast i've only got two of them done i got off to a really good start back in the summer and uh, one thing has led to another where i haven't done one now in about three months but we're going to pick those back up go. actually going to do them live and you've already promised that you're going to do one with me oh yeah i think we'll set uh the podcast equipment up in uh, mr h's bathroom yes and you and i will do your podcast when you appear live with me and we'll have a camera up so you'll be able to see it and yes if something um you know visual was to happen uh, we'll have it on video as well okay richard thank you we are going to do another episode where we talk about our experiences at other haunted houses you're very welcome i can't wait to do it thanks guys this is ghost tales with charlie may